Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk. It's been a great year. We're closing out 2019, headed into 2020, and this is our last episode of season one. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we got a little bit of a show today. I prepared for something uh, that I wanted to go through. Um, Number one, I just wanted to chat a little bit about my favorite episodes and talk a little bit about the season. And then um, I've got some updates that I want to give you guys that I think will be helpful. So today's an off track episode. We won't be interviewing anyone as you guys know, but I do have some information for you guys. So 2019, we launched the podcast and, um, We've been welcomed with open arms. Lots of people have uh, reached out to me uh, through season one and told us how grateful they are that we're doing it and um, have given us some very positive feedback. We have had some, um, what's it called, Adrian, Uh, constructive criticism, which I do value. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's, a positive. I'm all good. If you guys have something you think will make the show better, we're going to be addressing some things that we're going to be doing with the off track episodes in season two here in a little bit. But uh, right now I'd like to dive into my thoughts on season one. Um, so a couple things that uh, I think I loved the Tom Wadsworth episode. I felt like for me to launch the podcast Wadsworth was like, the one dude that I just absolutely had to have on the podcast. And I think that that's probably because, um, number one, I respect him so much. Number two, he's so full of information. And number three, it's extremely controversial. And that's exciting. I think a lot of people love controversy. People love um, information, factual information. And he's very factual. So um, love how he just kind of laid it down, told the truth, didn't hold back, and really um, backs it up with facts, and he did all the investigating and everything. So I wouldn't mind having him on again uh, in a future season just because I think he's so great. Uh, Another one that I found interesting was um, the other Tommy, Tommy Mello. Tommy was one of those interviews where I don't necessarily ask a ton of questions because you can just wind him up and cut him loose. Um, Full of information. Again, another guy that's just got tons of information. I do think that um, he's extremely successful and will continue to be successful because he's extremely ambitious. He does a phenomenal job of selling his vision to his employees and they buy in. And I think that's one of the main reasons why he is so successful um, so kudos to him for getting the, uh, the building finished. I know a lot of guys went out there, uh, for his launch and I got to kind of, uh, see that through social media, but I thought that was cool. And then Jim McGrath, um, that was a great episode just because I feel like he's been doing it for so long, um, that just the information in that podcast is invaluable. I mean, I even... I took away something from probably every podcast, but that one, I think I took away the most information for, for me and my company. Um, 
But those, like, I think those were the first three, right? Those are probably my favorite three out of the whole season. But um, I was very happy with all of the podcasts. What, Adrian, your eyebrows are out. You, you don't think I should say that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I'll just, I'm a very honest dude. I got favorites. I'm not going to lie. I got favorite employees. Yeah. I know that's not right. You probably shouldn't, but I got favorite employees. You know who my favorite employees are? Dun, dun, dun. I'll tell you. I ain't scared. I'm not an employee, so I'm safe. No, I'm just saying, like, in general, I know, you, like, uh, my favorite employees, I, I can tell you, who, like, what their characteristics are, and then my employees will know who they are. You want to know what the characteristics are? Sure. Number one, they pay attention to the details that I ask them to pay attention to. Number two, they're consistent. Consistency is important. Um, and number three, they have a great attitude. So if they meet those three things, for me, they're a winner, and they're, they become my favorites. And I have a tendency to treat them a little bit better. Yeah, people with good attitude. Attention, detail, and consistency. I mean, I, I'm a detail person. Um, like, we can make mistakes, but if I've had to tell you like 10 or 15 times, to pay attention, yeah. Well, as a business owner, that's fifteen times is pretty average. <laughs> you may feel like it's a lot, but um, we're just getting started at fifteen. Um, so anyway, I do have favorite employees. I do have favorite shows, um, favorite interviews, and some of these. And and I think maybe like part of it, those first three, I was so excited because we were starting something new, which I'm still very excited about the podcast, but. It's just like anything, right? Like the first time you play baseball, first time you play football, like you always remember walking out on the field for the first time. And those first couple episodes, like I was so nervous. And I just wanted to, I wanted to do such great content for the industry as a whole. And um, so that was, those are my favorite. Um, But I enjoyed interviewing everyone. Um, Everybody was great. Everybody was I thought everybody did a great job. Uh, if I had to rate my performance season one, I'm pretty critical. I would say on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the best, I was probably like a six and a half. You're going to give me a seven? Dude, you're pretty tough too. <laughs> well, I have, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I think I could have done better. I think I will do better. Season two, definitely I've got some plans in place. Um, Keep in mind, I'm running three businesses uh, other than the podcast, so um, I am working on trying to make that better. Um, but at the same time, I got a lot on my plate, so it's hard for me to put in like a full-time effort on the podcast. There's times where I just walk in, we hit record, and I jump right in. Um, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, but... I do feel like some more preparation and some more thought into each and every interview uh, is important. So I'll get better at it. So I, I appreciate all the feedback, guys. Aaron Overhead Doors update. Um, I, I've, I've gotten some feedback from people who are very interested in me talking more about Aaron Overhead Doors and some of our successes, some of our failures. And so I'm just going to take a quick uh, minute and talk a little bit about Aaron Overhead Doors in 2019 and 2020. 2019 for us was a little bit of a disappointing year. Um, not 
for any other reason than we fell short of goal. I have very ambitious goals though. Um, and I'm trying to balance that expectation versus reality. But at the same time, we massively underproduced in certain areas, um, which we, we were going to push hard to make changes in 2020. Um, our commercial department, and I'll, I'll take the blame, um, did not do anywhere near what I wanted it to do. Um, again, I'm taking full blame. It has nothing to do with my commercial manager or the staff in the commercial department. Uh, we're getting the phone calls. The biggest challenge we've got is uh, we, we can't, we don't have the personnel to sit in here and bid jobs and follow up with quotes at the level that we need and also have guys in the field because we're such a small team. So, but I can't afford to hire someone for that department until it starts to do better. So it's kind of a catch 22. And when we launched the department, I invested about a hundred thousand dollars into it within the first three, four ish months. Um, and so we've recuperated that. However, um, I think now we're going to have to invest another significant, significant amount of money uh, to, to get it going, um, the way we need it to. So, um, the structure is, is on me. Um, my commercial manager has done a phenomenal job of trying to balance the in office versus the out of office work. And so, um, I, I don't blame him. It's more me and the expectations and, um, and the processes, we got some stuff to work through for sure. Um, residential killed it. Uh, and that's kind of been our bread and butter. We're working through the commercial thing, but um, we've been very good at residential. Our little motto is we're a customer service company in the garage door business. And our customer service drives business in my opinion. And with that, we're trying to implement that same mentality into commercial. And I had a great conversation with a competitor of mine. Um, and, uh, he was talking about how they handle commercial. They do things very similarly. So they will do, um, customer service follow-ups. And I think that's brilliant. So, you know, if you do a door, stop by, Every couple months, say, hey, how's the door doing? How are you guys doing? Is there anything we need you need from us? Uh, I think that's how commercial needs to be done. And in order for that to happen, you can't be maxed out on staff versus work. You have to have some free time, which means that you probably need to be investing extra dollars into the, um, the payroll for that. And so having enough staff to where you're not overworked and underperforming I think um, actually will make you more profitable because if you invest in the staff and the staff is working instead of sitting around, they're out, you know, knocking on doors from previous customers or even cold calling businesses, um, you know, just getting cards out there and building relationships, um, doing free inspections, things like that. I, th I think that's all winning um, long-term. Um, 
not many companies are doing that type of stuff. I know there's one here in Atlanta, um, one or two. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe that's the way it should be done. But overall, Aaron Overhead Doors, we, um, we spent 8% of our total revenue on marketing. Uh, we were right at 8%. And that's down, I think, from last year when we were like 10 or 11%. Um, but we grew a good bit. Uh, we will fall short of goal this month by a lot, probably. I'm thinking today and tomorrow is going to be big, but um, I'm thinking we're probably going to sh- probably short goal thirty grand, um, maybe twenty five, which won't hurt too bad. Um, but at the same time, there's uh, not a whole lot I, I like or I hate more than falling short of goal, but. Um, we've got a good plan going into next year. We got a full pipeline, so I don't feel completely depleted. If I'm, if I'm short of goal 20 grand, but I've got, you know, 50 grand in the pipeline that I think is going to close. I don't really stress out about it because I know in January, we're probably going to be over goal or exceed expectations. So, um, we adjust our goals by previous years and what we've done in those months. It's not a perfect calculation because we've had months where we didn't hit goal. And so we, we lowered our goal for that month because historically it's been low. And then this year we had like July, right? Uh, July was our biggest month in company history up to that point where in the past July had always historically been one of our worst months. So it's not a perfect science, but when it works out, it's great. Um, but we use data to plan our, our goals for months ahead and that's really hard for young companies, but once you start getting trends and you're collecting data from previous years, I think that it uh, definitely helps. And then I think I've mentioned to you guys we're doing the budget. Um, the budget's been finalized. Um, we are heading into next year. One of the biggest issues I've got right now is um, I've got – so any, any new employees that we hire from other garage door companies will probably have – a comment and it's both a probably a little bit of a, a, a what do you call it a com- like a complaint but it's also like a compliment at the same time and what I mean by that is a lot of guys that come here from other companies one of the things that I see them tell me is um that I don't run my company like a garage door company, which is great. Um, and that I request a lot from them, not, not in the way of like hours, but in the way of like responsibilities. So, you know, my guys are required to fill out a safety inspection. They're required to do it very thoroughly. Um, they're required to service the door when they do a door um, repair and you know, there's things I like to, that to be done. So for example, um, spring changes. Okay. Uh, I mean, you, in my opinion, you should always adjust the, um, the limits on the door if needed. Um, Once you change the weight of the door uh, with the new springs Uh, Two, if you are doing a spring change on a, like a genie motor, uh, I like to take the carriage assembly off and inspect the teeth. Um, I know it's a greasy job. Wear gloves. Once you've done it a couple times, you shouldn't be an issue. 
but I do genuinely think that taking the extra two minutes to do that um, is super helpful. And uh, I like to do that during, excuse me, during the um, safety inspection process. So uh, open the box, check the gears during the safety inspection process. Uh, everything should be caught up front. And so um, I think the guys get a little frustrated because I do require a lot of upfront stuff before they ever get started. And we're not doing it even to my liking now. Um, but it's good enough at the moment. However, um, I think to bring attention to it and the details that I'm, I'm anytime my guys aren't doing something, first thing I do is look at myself and I say, okay, where am I failing my team that where they don't do what they are supposed to do? One is a lack of training. That's on me a hundred percent. When you say Adrian, like anytime somebody's not doing something the right way, the first thing I do is I, I ask myself, have I trained them fully? And honestly, I've yet to be able to say yes. Even when I let people go, I feel a sense of guilt because I, unless they're like theft, like, you know, they stole from me or something. But then I still even feel bad because I'm like, maybe I should have sat them down and, you know, spent more time checking on them. If they got like financial, you know, issues or whatever, like I'm cool with helping people out. I'm probably the last person you should feel the need to steal from. Because I give money away. Like, I pay my people well, but if they need something, I'm usually pretty good about taking care of it. And so I just, I don't get that. But when it comes to, like, employees not um, accomplishing goals, you know, I think there's probably only one dude that I probably let go where I just felt like he wasn't cut out for it. Um, all the others were, and I felt like maybe I failed them and not giving them all the tools they need to succeed and definitely not doing enough training. You know, we we train semi-regularly, but the expectations that I have are, I, I think we're in January, we're going to start training like once a week. It's going to piss my guys off. But here's the thing. Here's what I think I'll get out of it. If we train once a week until I see, like I'm going to set the expectations that we're going to train until I see a difference every week, I guarantee you they're going to straighten up and start paying attention to the details quickly. So I think we'll see a change because no, I mean, I, my guys will complain once I schedule the training, but once we're in training, they're usually pretty good about being active and answering, answering questions, asking questions and being involved. So i um, super pumped about that. Uh, we're really going to push hard on training the details in 2020. Last year was more about like uh, learning product and stuff like that. We tried to do a lot of it, but we didn't do as much as I want. So this year we're going to focus hard. We're going to try and get all our reps in here. Um, I want my guys to be product experts. And right now I can't say that we are, you know what I'm saying? Like I want my guys to know everything about glass doors, how to sell them, what questions to ask, that seems to be one of the things in the industry where a lot of people just don't know everything and a little bit intimidated by them. Um, but it's just a garage door with frame and glass. And there's a lot of options you just got to choose from. But um, I sell a lot of those, so I enjoy it so I can train on that. 
but we're going to be doing a lot of training, especially in January, kick off the year, get everybody reset and refocused. And so that's going to be um, recapping. I do a lot of training on Service Titan. I like to walk people through it. I still got guys who struggle with Service Titan even after training. So we'll just continue that uh, until I feel like we're 100%. But the other thing is, like, um, we've got a new guy who's doing installs, and we're sending him out. On, I mean, he's fully capable of repairing and installing garage doors. He's really good at it, actually. But we haven't taught him, like, our process is 100%. So <laughs> there's been one or two times where I've, like, wanted to get onto him about something, and I stopped myself, and I realized he's never even been trained on the processes for repairs. Um, so we're going to put him through some of that. Uh, but as business owners, we don't realize people are coming in and their people are leaving. And so we forget who we've trained and who we haven't trained and who's, you know, what expectations we've set. So I think this will be good. Um, January, we're just going to do a full blown month of training once a week. Uh, probably call in, like have everybody here at seven thirty in the morning, um, do a training for an hour ish and then cut everybody loose and get to their first job. And I signed up for the IDA um, for Aaron Overhead Doors accredited dealer, and so I'm super pumped about that. I've heard the test is kind of difficult, kind of broad, um, with a lot of different things, so uh, I haven't started studying yet, which I need to. Um, I feel like the marketing stuff I've got down, but when you when you're overly confident about something you don't study it there's always like their way of marketing and my way of marketing and <laughs> they could be very different so like i'm sure there's like ideas on what they think you should spend um toward marketing and things like that so i just got to figure out what their way is uh so i can pass that test uh but i'm excited to become an accredited dealer an idea accredited dealer so um Thank you to the IDEA for offering that. Uh, Doran, uh, Doran Operator Magazine, December, uh, came out. If you guys don't get this, I think this is awesome. And um, I flip through it. I probably read, I don't know, two or three articles. Not all of them are, are kind of my pace or my style, and, and I have a hard time um, doing this anyway, like reading magazines or books. But uh, there's one article in here that happened to I happened to come across at a, at the perfect time because we're we're doing a lot of documents, I'm getting my attorneys and stuff to draw things up. Uh, we're trying to get a little bit more official just for liability purposes. Uh, they they did an article on legal and uh, legislation putting a limit on warranties. There's some good information here that I was unaware of. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm very curious. We're going to post a poll on the Torch Talk podcast. I'd like to see who has a written warranty, like a full-blown, like, one-pager warranty description and who doesn't. Uh, I'm going to post a poll on our Facebook page, and uh, I'd like to get some feedback from you guys and see just what percentage that is because uh, I I have kind of like a short description, but... We want to build something and put it on one of those sheets with like that looks like a certificate and actually give them the warranty sheet when we install their garage door or do the repair or whatever. So anyway, uh, that's something that we're working on. I would strongly consider uh, 
couple things when it comes to like now that we're doing these documents and learning a lot about this stuff, privacy policy for your website, I think is critical. You definitely got to have that, uh, especially if you're using cookies, things of that sort uh, for tracking purposes. Um, we're doing all kinds of disclaimers. I've got a parts department. So um, if anybody buys a spring from us, they are checking a box that says they've read and agree to the terms that, uh, you know, garage door repair is very dangerous and attempting to do it with the wrong tools or um, lack of education can cause injury or possibly death. And um, they waive their right um, to sue us uh, for any damages if they do not use the right tools um, or don't have the right knowledge. Um, so we've got that. Um, we've got, uh, you want to make sure that your copyright information is good. I know that we just recently found out there's another company in Georgia using the same name as us. Um, and not Aaron, but one of my other companies. So, you know, we got a trademark on that. Uh, we uh, submitted and so we got to check on it, but if you have, you know, it's not a bad idea to file a trademark for your full name and, um, you know, it's your job to, um, govern that. So you want to search the web and make sure that other people aren't stealing your name. I know that, um, Tom Wadsworth in the first podcast mentioned that there's companies out there who will come in, steal your name and work under that name and your reputation, um, and try to steal your customers. So be on the lookout. I think it's good advice that now that we're kind of doing the spring cleaning or the, the new year cleaning out and refreshing and goals and all that, do a Google search for your company name. See who's buying uh, your company name on AdWords. See who's coming up and search. You want to try to make sure that if somebody searches Aaron Overhead Doors, I would like to dominate the whole first page where no other companies are being listed. Um, and I do know that there's two companies, two or three companies that are buying the physical term Aaron Overhead Doors uh, to try to, I guess, snatch my customers. Um, so... Uh, if you are, I don't know what the, like, I've heard different things about that. Um, there's nothing wrong with buying the key phrase. Um, as long as you don't, um, like represent yourself as the company. So for me, um, if you had Aaron overhead doors, in your title, I think that's where it gets sticky if you're another company buying my name. But if you just buy Aaron Overhead Doors and you make like an impelling statement, um, you have an opportunity to steal our customers. So I think um, in the, in the, it's kind of like, you know, golf has their, their rules. Um, I believe that marketing is very similar. Um, I'm not opposed to buying competitors names but at the same time I do, I do not want to um I'm not really interested in trying to steal their customers I guess is probably the best thing to say so um be aware of that but definitely check out door and um door and operator um I think it's a great I think it's a great magazine and there's lots of good information. If you want to learn more about um, IDA, IDEA, there's information here about that. And then if you're a vendor, uh, I think it's a great way to advertise your business to the garage door industry. 
which we just checked into for the podcast. I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, but I sent a message, I think, during Christmas break. So uh, lots of good ads in here as well, like um, industry products. So just flip through it. Check it out. It's free. You can sign up to get it. I don't even know how to sign up, but uh, Google International Door and Operator Industry Magazine, uh, Volume 52, Issue 6, December 2019. So anyway, uh, that's that. I want to give a shout out to Andrew Burke. Uh, This dude messaged me yesterday. I was on my way to the airport. Had some time. Um... And so I shot him my message, uh, my, my phone number, and just said, hey, give me a call um, because he kind of wrote a, uh, a little message that was a little long for me to read, so I just kind of skimmed through it. Uh, but he was basically saying he's uh, three years in business for himself, been in the business since 94. He's in Ventura, California, and he's enjoying the podcast. I get probably two or three of those a month, maybe a few more, uh, but it never gets old. I really appreciate it. Andrew, thanks for reaching out. Um, I, I am a bit of a people pleaser. I, I do not like disappointing people or um, or hurting people's feelings. Um, and so this is the personality of mine. But when people are happy with me, um, I do like to hear that we're doing a good job. And so um, part of that, though, I got to give a shout out to Adrian. Um, Adrian has done a phenomenal job in season one with the exception of last episode. You knew it was coming. We recorded an episode with my CPA, which we released, um, two weeks ago. And, uh, the week we were supposed to release it, I get a message from my boy here saying he thinks he lost the file, but in grand fashion, he found it, and all is forgiven. He's still alive and well, so we're good. Uh, but Andrew, thank you so much. It's not just me. There's a team here, and Adrian is a big part of this podcast, and without him, it wouldn't be possible. So um, definitely thanks to Adrian. Uh, when you guys send a message, know that it's not just me. Um, I'm the dude with the microphone, so you guys probably only hear me, but Adrian's a big part of this. So um, when you guys give thanks, just remember him. But I I enjoyed speaking with you, Andrew. I have no doubt that you're going to be super successful. I love talking to guys in the industry. As a matter of fact, uh, we're talking about in January, we're going to start doing like um, phone conferences or like um, Google Hangouts. We're going to have different ones. Um but we want to try to have garage door guys involved where we um, have a meeting once a month. Um, I'll probably be part of two or three different ones, but there's going to be one where we're going to open it up probably to everybody. And then you guys can jump on and we can do like a FaceTime type environment and just discuss different topics. So we'll create the topics and we'll just all kind of discuss them together. Not, not as much me talking, but just as much like me kind of interviewing you guys and trying to pull out. Um, I'll have an agenda. You guys discuss it, and I'll throw in my opinion every once in a while. Uh, but we're trying to get to the point where we have more conversations going. But I'm getting a lot of messages from people who just enjoy 
having the conversations. Um, there was, I wish I remembered his name. Um, Merkle, I think he posted, um, and we've chatted on Facebook, but I think he's wanting to get together with some local people. Look, the technology these days, we can all get together over the phone or um, through a computer. So you got a camera and a microphone. Um, your phones are great for that. We can set up the technology and invite everybody, and we can have little hangouts. And so that's what I'm planning to do next year is have some of that going on where we can have kind of off the podcast conversations and we may record those and maybe create a different podcast and just post those. That might be good content. Adrian, what do you think? You don't seem convinced. You're thinking about how much more work it's going to cost you. Oh, tech nerd over here. He's hung up on how he's going to set everything up. All right, so um, plans for season two. I think the interviews are probably going to be very similar to what they are now. I'm going to try to find ways to make them a little bit more fun. I know that sometimes I can be a little bit monotone or whatever, and um, but I want to try to make them more fun. The Off the Tracks episodes, however, um, not as many of you guys are listening to the Off the Tracks, so what I want to do is I want to try to make these better. Here's a couple ideas that I've got. I'm probably going to do a poll for this on our uh, website as well, or not our website, but our Facebook page, Torsion Talk uh, Podcast Facebook page. What do you guys think about us doing a live episode every other week and you guys can call in and talk and we can all chat one-on-one? I don't know how we're going to set that up yet, but I do want to try to make that happen. And so we're going to do the research. We already started. I started it last week. Uh, We're going to get a camera. We're probably going to record those episodes And then um, we're going to try to put a little bit more effort into the off the track episodes and making those a little bit more interactive where people are calling in, talking. Um, Anchor also has the ability for you guys to go to the link on Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm, I think it is, uh, you can find our podcast if you search Torsion Talk Podcast. On there is a button that you can press to record audio or upload audio. So if you guys have a question or comment that you want to make audio-wise, Um, even if you just want to say I suck, um, that's fine too. We'll play it on the um, podcast, uh, depending on what it is. And, um, and then we'll talk about it. We'll discuss the topic that you, uh, you bring to the table. So that's something that we can do as well. And I think that we'll be implementing that. So hopefully in the near future, um, we can get Adrian to man Twitter, uh, Adrian and I can man Twitter and any type of messenger during the show and you guys can interact that way or you can call in and talk. So we're going to try to um, get that going. One of the, one of the things we got to figure out is timing, uh, West coast, East coast, things like that when you're going live. So, um, we'll work all those out and try to come up with a good game plan. Um, I've got a lot of, I got a long list of people who want to be on the show, Listen, I'm not ignoring you guys. I am sorry. Um, we we do recordings in bunches usually. Uh, and so I, I have added everyone to a list. We will get to you. We do want to interview you. Um, and so just be patient with me. We have a list of people that we want to interview. And then we also have a list of people who want to be interviewed. 
so we, we, we just need to plan them appropriately and make sure that we get um, the content that we're looking to get on the episode we're looking to get. So uh, be patient with us. We will get to you. Um, so I just wanted to leave that as a note. Um, if you want to be on the show, you can message us. Uh, you can message me personally. I know a lot of garage door guys have sent me messages or friend requests on Facebook. Um, remember, if you are not my friend and you send me a message, sometimes those messages get hit in a hidden folder and it takes me a little while to check that uh, or I don't get the notification for it. So um, please forgive me if I'm delayed getting back to you. I'm pretty responsive. If you haven't heard from me and you messaged me and it's been a day or two, uh, either I have forgotten, got pulled away and got distracted, or I have not seen it. So hit me up again. I apologize for that. Um, I do get messages from like a million different places for all my businesses. So um, it's not an excuse. Uh, I do value you guys and I do want to talk to you. So um, don't hesitate to hit me up. You can uh, hit me up on Facebook, Ryan Lucia, uh, or you can like our Torsion Talk podcast um, Facebook page. And uh, we're going to try to get a little bit more active on that and some of the other platforms like Twitter so we can engage with you guys. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for all of your support for season one. We feel like it was a hit for our first podcast. And uh, we're going to try to step our game up for season two. And so uh, if you have some recommendations, hit me up. Let me know what those would be. And uh, again, if you want to be on the show, um, shoot me your information and uh, we'll put you on the list. But uh, we thank you, everyone. The best way you could support us is to um, listen to the show and share it with your friends. And then make sure that you rate the show on whichever podcast platform you're on. We're currently on um, Google, iTunes. I uh, think we may have gotten up on Stitcher over the holiday season. I'll double check. I know they were working on it. And um, there's a bunch of different podcast platforms that we're on. But um, check those out. Rate us. And then um, I think that's it. Make sure you participate in the polls that we're going to be posting. We want as much data as possible so we can make good decisions. And uh, don't forget, we'll be at the IDA um, Expo, Adrian, myself, and Austin. So uh, check us out there. You'll get to meet Adrian, the behind-the-scenes guy, which nobody knows of other than me just talking about him. So you'll get to meet him there. And then uh, we'll have some T-shirts, some swag. Uh, oh, one more thing. We are we got both of our sponsors for Season 1 are renewing for Season 2. So we would like to thank our sponsors, Somer and Sherwinder, for renewing your sponsorship for Season 2. You guys rock. Thank you so much for supporting us because without that, we wouldn't have nearly as nice of a podcast with the equipment and everything. The money that we are getting for the sponsorships, it is not profitable for us. Uh, we're actually using it to build out our studio and advertise the podcast. And so Season 2, we're going to do a lot more advertising for the podcast because most of the studios um, – we're, what would you say? We're probably 60, 75% built out in here. 50? Dang. Well, we got to buy a camera. We got to make Adrian happy, getting the studio completed. And so um, with that, uh, whatever's left over, we will be using to market the podcast. Uh, we might be buying an ad in the International Door and Operator Industry Magazine because I reached out to them to uh, get some quotes on that. 
So anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you. I hope you guys had an excellent 2019 and an even better 2020. I believe we'll be launching season two, depending on how interviews go somewhere around February. I want to do it as quickly as possible, but we'll be taking January off from post, excuse me, goodness, posting our interviews. Um, so we'll be recording in January, but we won't start posting them till probably um, mid-February. So thank you so much for all of your support. We appreciate you. And if you need anything, hit us up. And anything else you want to say? End season one. This is season one, the end. We did it. We finished. So um, it was actually a lot more work than I anticipated, um, although it was easier than I thought it would be, but it was a lot more work. So it's going to be even more work for season two with live shows and video. Anyway, that's it. I don't want to ramble on and keep you guys on all day. Stay safe out there, and we will see you guys in season two.